I want to speak to you today on the subject of obedience. We're in a a move toward our 150th anniversary. Our theme is revival. Many of you are going through 40 days of fasting and prayer. You're working your way through the little book that we provided. And I'm sure that you have found, as I have, that there are areas in our lives that the Lord Jesus wants to change in order for us to have a genuine touch of revival, a time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. A.W. Tozer made a startling statement. He said, to many Christians, Christ is little more than an idea, or at best, an ideal. He is not a fact. Millions of professed believers talk as if he were real and act as if he were not. Our actual position is always to be discovered by the way we act, not by the way we talk. It seems that the devil has dipped his hand into a bag of tricks and unleashed a delusion into the world at large and the church in particular. It's that obedience is optional and the consequences are minimal. Nothing could be further from the truth. A quick survey of the Word of God dismantles the devil's delusion. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, Samuel, the first prophet, said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Jeremiah 7, 23. The Bible says, but this is what I commanded them saying, obey my voice and I will be your God and you will be my people and you will walk in all the way which I command you that it may be well with you. John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 to 5 says, By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments or obey him. The one who says, I come to know, I've come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Verse 5, But whoever keeps his word... In him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. What John is saying here, if you really want to know if you're a believer, look at the way you live. If you've truly been born again, there will be a change in the way you live. And you will have a desire in the innermost part of your being to please the Lord and to obey the Lord. Now, the words that we're going to look at today... Go ahead and take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. We're going to look at a Reader's Digest version of the Sermon on the Mount that Matthew recorded. Luke's a lot more, a lot shorter. See, throngs of people had gathered to hear Jesus teach God's truth with deep insight, with breathtaking clarity and divine authority. He spoke about issues like character, 
Issues like marriage, forgiveness, responsibility, how to treat other people, and righteousness, to name a few. When he came to the end of his sermon, right here in Luke chapter 6, he stressed the importance of living in obedience. You see, in this series of sermons that we're in, the first sermon was on prayer. The second sermon was on the Word of God. The last two sermons have been on repentance. And this one is on obedience, the importance of obedience. And I want you to get this truth deeply rooted in your heart. Obedience flows out of a love for the Lord. Obedience flows out of a love for the Lord. Do you want to experience a refreshing revival in the presence of the Lord? That's something you've got to ask yourself today. Are you ready to take some gigantic strides in your spiritual life? You see, it all starts with obedience. Obedience. Now, you say, well, pastor, there are some areas in my life where I've not been obedient. You see, the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me about things in my life that needs to change. But I've been resistant to that change. Okay, pastor, help me to understand how can I move from disobedience to obedience? And that's exactly what I want to share with you today. I want to know, no, number one, if you want to move from disobedience to obedience in your life, number one, submit to Jesus. Submit to Jesus. Look at verse 46. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? That is one of the most convicting verses in the Bible. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You see, Jesus was for forcing his hearers to face the implications of his teaching. Jesus didn't want people to simply admire him or, or, or to be entertained by him or to be informed. He wanted them to hear the word of God and to obey the word of God. Now, this term, these terms, Lord, Lord, means teacher or master. And when they're repeated, there's a high significance to it. It literally means master of masters and teacher of teachers. You see, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. He deserves your total allegiance and obedience. Take your Bible and look at Romans chapter 14 for just a moment. Romans chapter 14. I want you to look at verse 9. Paul wrote these, these powerful words, and they're good for us today. In verse 9, the Bible says, For to this end Christ died and lived again. We sang about that a moment ago. That he might be Lord, boss, master, of both the dead and of the living. Jesus is Lord. He deserves your total allegiance and your obedience. Around 162 AD, Polycarp, the bishop of Smyrna, was arrested by the Romans. Polycarp was a strong preacher, a strong believer in Jesus, a strong leader in the early church. And the proconsul, who presided over his trial, demanded that he publicly reject the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Polycarp answered, I quote, Eighty and six years have I served him, and he never once wronged me. How then shall I blaspheme my king who has saved me? You know what they did to Polycarp? They burned him at the stake. Can you imagine being burned at the stake? Friend, I tell you, that's obedience that is costly. But I tell you, Polycarp is in heaven today, and he's rejoicing in the presence of Jesus, and he's living under eternal blessings even as we meet today and as we worship the same Lord our God. Let me make this crystal clear. Jesus will not tolerate your lip service. He won't. He fully expects you and me to obey his word at every turn. Because obedience flows out of our love for the Lord. Now, to move from disobedience to obedience, number one, you've got to submit to the Lord. Number two, number two, you've got to read the Bible. Let me ask you a question. How are you going to obey Jesus if you don't know what he expects? Well, you say, well, pastor, how do I know what he expects? You read the Bible. Listen, this is his word. There is no book like this on the planet today. It's the best-selling book in history, by the way. Did you know that? People all over the world are buying the Bible. I wish all of them would read it, but they're sure buying it. In your homes, you've probably got multiple copies of the Word of God. Let me ask you, are you reading it? Are you reading and studying the Bible? The only way that you will know what Jesus expects out of you is to read the Bible and then line your life up with the Word of God, the will of God, and the way of God. Read the Bible. In Luke 6, 47, Jesus said, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. Those participles, hears and acts, are in the present tense. They describe the person who makes a practice of reading the Bible. They make a practice of when they read the Bible and God speaks to them out of the Word and shows them what He wants out of their life. They make a practice of obeying the Lord and His Word. Nothing in our brief lives by the way, you, know, you do know our lives are brief, right? You know what James wrote? He said, our life is like a vapor. It's here one moment, gone the next. You say, but pastor, I'm, I'm 16 years old. I'm 37 years old. I've got a long way to go. Let me ask you a question. Will you please compare your life? Let's say you live to be 80 years old. You compare your life here to eternity. I'll tell you, it's just like that. And the most important thing in our brief lives on this planet is to prepare for eternity. I can tell you the best way to prepare for eternity is to read and study the Bible, to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, and to make sure that when God shows you something in his word that needs to change in your life, you don't ignore it. But you repent and you do exactly what God wants you to do based upon his word. So let me ask you, have you received Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord? 
Is your life marked by desire to obey him and to put in practice what he reveals to you out of the word of God? James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote these words after Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected from the dead. He said in James 1, verse 22 through 25, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Now there's a, there's a, a thought in there you need to understand. If you don't act upon the word of God, you're only deluding yourself. You're living in a state of delusion and Satan is the master of delusion and illusion. And you've got to li listen to what James said, prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Verse 25, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the word of the living God, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Wow. Listen to the words of Jesus. In John chapter 14, verses 23 and 24, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him he who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine but the father's who sent me so don't listen don't patronize the lord jesus christ don't say that you love jesus and then turn around and ignore his word and live the way you want to live as opposed to the way he wants you to live. There's a country saying for that, that dog won't hunt. It won't hunt, I'm telling you. It does not stand any merit whatsoever with the Lord Jesus Christ. No wonder he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you to do? You say, but, well, pastor, I'm trying to read the Bible, but I don't understand it. I love what Dr. Rogers had to say. He said, now listen to this, classic Dr. Rogers. He said, the way to understand the part of the Bible you don't understand is to obey the part you do understand. Think about it. Don't, don't use the excuse, I don't understand the Bible. Just take the little part you do understand or the big part you understand and obey it. And as you obey it, the Lord will reveal more of the truth of his word so you can obey that. And there will be a perpetual growth in your obedience to the Lord because you're getting into the word of God. And the Holy Spirit is revealing to you exactly what God means and showing you how to apply it to your life. To move from disobedience to obedience, number one, you must submit to Jesus. Number two, you must read the Bible. And number three, you must live by faith. Live by faith. 
In Luke chapter 6, verse 48, Jesus tells a story. Look at verse 48 again. Luke 6, 48. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Picture in your mind a young husband and father. He has to take care of his family. He has to provide a safe place for them to live. So he grabs his shovel. It's in the Middle East. He grabs his shovel and he goes to work. And he's got to dig four holes for footings. And he's got to dig until he hits rock, a layer of rock, so that house can be built on a solid foundation. This young father realizes that good weather will not last forever. You see, there's a rainy season in Israel, and there's a potential for torrential downpours of rain and devastating floods. So deeper and deeper he digs until he hears that familiar clank, and his shovel has hit a layer of rock. But he's got to do it three more times. He's dug one hole. He's got to dig three more holes to make sure his house is built on a solid foundation. His house is solidly anchored to the rock. Now, it took faith for the young man of the story to do what he did. It takes faith to obey the Lord when he reveals truth to us out of the Word of God. Here's some good examples it took faith for Abraham to obey God. When God told Abraham to take his youngest son, his only son, his only birth blood son, Isaac, and to carry him to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him. You know what Abraham did? By faith, he took God at his word and he gathered his son Isaac gathered the wood, made their way to Mount Moriah to sacrifice his son. They got to Mount Moriah, and he, he carried him up on top of the mountain, and he laid him down, built an altar, laid him down, was prepared to take his own son's life. Why? Because God told him to do it. You know what Abraham believed? Abraham believed that if God allowed him to take his own son's life, that God would raise his son from the dead. That's what he believed. That's faith. That's faith. That's obedience. Think about Moses. Moses was called by God in the wilderness at a burning bush to go back to Egypt and to deliver the covenant people of God, the Jewish people from Egyptian bondage and to lead them to the promised land. You don't think that didn't take faith? But he took God at his word, and he obeyed God. Think about Rahab, who lived in Jericho. And Joshua sent some spies into Jericho to spy out the land. And, and the Bible says that Rahab took those spies and hid them so they would be protected 
because she believed in God. She had heard the stories of God, how God had delivered the children of Israel through the Red Sea and from the Egyptian army. And she had faith in God. Think about Joseph and Mary when they were informed that she would give birth to the Messiah. Can you imagine Joseph facing the specter of being the earthly father of the Messiah and Mary being the mother of Messiah? Think about Peter who was challenged to to take his boat out into the depth of, of the Sea of Galilee in the middle of the day and to let down his nets for a catch. Now, Peter was a professional fisherman. In Luke chapter 5, we read this story. And Luke had fished, I mean, Peter had fished all night long. You know how many he caught? Like some of us, he caught nothing. Zero. And here's Jesus, the Son of God, saying, Hey, Peter, I want you to go out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee and let down your nets for a catch. Now, Peter was a professional. His buddies, James and John, other professional fishermen were over there, and they're watching Peter. What's he going to do? You know what Peter did? He said, Lord, at your word, I'll do exactly what you said. And he went out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee, let down his nets, and he caught so many fish that he couldn't handle them all. He had to call James and John to bring their boats out there and to to bring all of those fish to shore. I'll tell you, friend, listen to me. It takes faith to obey Jesus. Are you willing to step out in faith and to trust the Lord to help you obey him in a particular area of your life where it's difficult? Maybe God's calling you to be a pastor. Maybe God's calling you to be a missionary. Maybe God's calling you to be a church planter. Maybe God's calling you to give up a habit. Maybe God's calling you to love your wife in an understanding way. Love her the way Christ loved the church. I don't know what God's dealing with your heart about, but I guarantee you this, in a church this size with this many people and those watching by live stream, I promise you the Spirit of God has his finger on some things in your life where you're walking in disobedience and he wants you to have victory. You say, well, how do I do it, Pastor? Well, number one, submit to Jesus. Number two, read the word. Number three, live by faith. And number four, here's the last one, receive the blessing. Look at Luke 6, 48. Again, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. What a fascinating story Jesus shared here at the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus could tell some fascinating stories. Here are two men who were both building a house. The first one exemplified a man who kept digging until he hit a layer of solid rock and he made sure, he made sure for the safety and security of his family that his house was built and anchored to a rock. And sure enough, the storms came, torrential downpours, flash floods began to to rip at that house. 
The swirling, powerful currents of the flooding river beat against the house unmercifully. But I'll tell you, when the storm was over, friend, that house was still standing. Why? Because this man listened to God. He listened to God. He did exactly what God told him to do. And he built his house upon a rock. Do you realize that there are fantastic blessings for those who decide that they will listen to the word of God and they will obey the word of God. Let me share two scriptures with you. In Joshua chapter one, verse eight, God said this to Joshua before he moved into the promised land. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. That's obedience. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Oh, pastor, I want to have success. Pastor, I want to prosper in the spiritual realm. Then the Bible says, if you want that blessing in your life, you've got to listen to the Word of God, and you've got to choose to obey the Word of God. Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2, listen to it. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord, who obey the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. Let me tell you, times of testing will come both for unbelievers and for believers It could be a financial disaster. It could be a time of great sickness. It could be the death of a loved one or or a spouse may crush your heart. Or maybe a parent wounds you. Because you have put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you have read his word and you've chosen as a way of life to obey the word of God. He blesses you and sees you through a time of great trial. Earlier, I mentioned Abraham, Moses, Rahab, Joseph, and Mary, and Peter. All of them were blessed because of their obedience to the word of God. Are you ready to obey the Lord? Are you ready to receive his blessing in your life? Now, the other man in the story is different. He represents those who hear the word of the Lord, but refuse to obey him. In verse 49, Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. So here, here's a, a young father and, and a young husband and instead of digging four footing down deep into the ground until he hits solid rock, he just builds on top of the dirt, the sand. Can I tell you, if you're building a house, don't do that. Please don't do that. The participles has heard and has not acted are both in the past tense. So it's a picture of a person who isn't interested at all in the word of God and is not, has no desire to obey God. That's the picture of this second man in verse 49. 
And the story takes a sharp turn. The Bible says in verse 49, but the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation and the torrent, the floods came and burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. The verse ends with the tragic sound of a huge crash in a pile of debris and a family who may have been swept away in a flood. You see, the price of disobedience is steep. It's steep. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6, Paul wrote, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Obeying God, now listen to me very carefully. Obeying God's word is not optional. It's not optional for for an unbeliever. You say, but I'm not a Christian. Why do I have to obey God's word? Because one day you're going to stand before God. You are accountable to God. But it's also true for the believer. Obeying God's word is not optional. In fact, there will never be a situation in your life where it's okay to disobey God. Never. So which one of these men represent you? Do you identify with a man who paid close attention to God's word and obeyed God's word? Or do you identify with a man who ignored God's word and did it his way? Sounds like a song, doesn't it? You see, you got to remember this. Obedience flows out of a love for the Lord. Do you love Jesus? Do you? Don't, Don't say you love him. And then choose to disobey him. It just doesn't work. To move from disobedience to obedience, you got to do four things. You must submit to Jesus. You must realize that he is Lord of your life. That he has every right to tell you what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And he expects you to obey him. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. It's right here in the Word of God. You must submit to Jesus. You must read the Word so you'll know what He expects out of you. And number three, you must live by faith. It takes faith to obey God. And then receive the blessing. Basically, Jesus is saying this. You've heard what I had to say. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to make my words the basis for your whole life or not? That's a a question that everybody within the sound of my voice must answer today. I know that, that many of you are strong believers and you have decided that as long as you live, you're going to study the Word of God. And as best as you can, you're going to obey the Word of God. None of us are perfect. None of us bat a thousand. But deep in your heart, you want to obey God. 
That's what he's looking for. That's what Jesus is looking for in your life and in my life. So I want to end today by asking you some questions. Number one, if you're in this room today and you're you're not a believer, will you receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's in the Bible. I've read that in the Bible. I've memorized that. I've shared that good news with a lot of different people. You've heard me quote that verse, no telling how many times in this church. And I'll tell you, dear friend, if you're here today, And you don't have that wonderful gift of eternal life. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you need to know that he died on a cross for your sins. He was raised from the dead so that you could have life with him forever. Are you ready to receive him today as your Savior and Lord? I remind you, obedience is not optional. Come to Christ today. And then second question. Will you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind? Will you? You know that's what he expects, right? Read Matthew 22, about verse 37 on. I'm telling you, it says it right there in black and white. Or in red if you've got a red letter Bible. He said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Do you love him like that? I remind you that obedience flows out of your love for Jesus. Is anything more important to you than Jesus? Do you love anything or anybody more than Jesus? Oh, listen, obey the word of God. And then here's another question I want to ask you. Will you be the spouse God called you to be? Will you be the the child, the, the teenager that God's called you to be? Will you choose his will over your way? That's a decision you have to make. I hope and pray that you've heard what Jesus said here in Luke chapter 6, verse 46 to 49. And I know that the Holy Spirit of God wants you to obey God. I know the Holy Spirit of God wants you to be saved. I know the Holy Spirit of God wants you to walk in obedience. And this is your chance to do it for the glory of God. I'm going to ask our worship team to come, our our staff to come, and this is your opportunity to respond Listen, if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord today, you come to one of our staff members, and we'll help you with that most important decision. And if you're here today and and you're a believer, and the Holy Spirit has zeroed in on something in your life very specific where you're disobeying God, come to this altar. Bow before the Lord. 
Say, Jesus, you are my Lord, my boss and my master. And I choose today to obey you in this matter. Lord, give me the blessing that comes with obedience. And then whatever God's dealing with you about, just come. Remember this. Please don't forget this. Obedience is not optional. It's not, that's a lie of the enemy. That comes out of the devil's dirty bag of tricks. And you've got to resist that thought. Because this text says, and the whole Bible says from Genesis to Revelation, that obedience is a must. The Bible insists on obedience. So let me pray for you and you come as God leads you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for our time together. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your teaching in Luke 6, 46 to 49. And I pray, Lord, that the people in this church will be like the man who dug deep and built his house on the rock. Don't let them be like the man who built his house upon the sand. Oh, God, please. Holy Spirit, do a work in our hearts. Send revival to our hearts. Send revival to this church. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Help us to obey, Lord.